being young, alone, and dirt poor in a new city is such an intense and special kind of desperation, I'm surprised there isn't a German word for it. That's where I was in the fall of 2008, freshly moved to San Francisco and looking for a job. Every day I'm hustling. And when every single legitimate resource failed me, I turned to Craigslist. I posted ads for any service I could even pretend to provide. House cleaning, babysitting, dog walking, tutoring. I even listed myself as a tarot card reader. I described tarot card reading as a form of active, intuitive meditation. Because I was trying to sound new agey and mysterious. And that's when I got the message. You have one new voice message. Hello, I'm calling on behalf of my boss, Mr. Prestigious International Business Consultant. He saw your ad about active, intuitive meditation and is looking for a meditation coach. Are you available to meet tomorrow? On the one hand, I was so broke, I would consider a job selling organs on the black market if it was paying work. On the other hand, I was not, nor had I ever been, a meditation coach. (laughs) I didn't really know what a meditation coach was exactly. And that is when it hit me. She didn't ask for any references in her message. She didn't ask any questions at all. So if I could just play it cool, I might actually be able to fake my way into this gig. Honesty is for people who can afford it. So yes, Mr. Prestigious International Business Consultant, I'd be delighted to be your meditation coach. My local friends provided me with a crash course in how to be a San Francisco healer. It all broke down to a kind of science. Appearance. Remember the three Fs. Feathers, flowy clothing, and faux fur. Vocabulary. Do not underestimate the power of the yummy noise. Imagine the sound you'd make if you were trying to convince a toddler that the creamed spinach you're eating is delicious. Now imagine that that toddler is a grown man you're trying to seduce. Mm. My new meditation student lived near Union Square. He opened the door to his top floor penthouse wearing an open robe and no shirt. For one horrifying second, I wondered if he meant escort service when he said meditation coach. But he bowed to me in greeting, with his hands pressed into prayer position over his heart, and I realized he was just trying really hard to be spiritual. And then he winked, and stayed staring into my eyes without saying a single word. I'd seen hippies do this kind of thing before, just eye-gazing at one another like the rest of the world had fallen away in order to really get one another. So I went with it. Mmm... Eventually, he smiled, and it seemed like the entire interview was over. I'd passed without saying a word. He asked me the question that everything was riding on. So, how much does a session with you typically cost? I'd practice for this moment all morning. Be cool, Tatiana. Come on, you know what to do. Say it. Say it. Working with me typically costs $100 per session minimum. He grinned. Oh, fantastic! He took out his wallet and folded a freshly minted $100 bill into my palm. I smiled and nodded, speechless. I took off my shoes and he led me into his meditation loft upstairs. We talked about starting with the basics. I said, now breathe and tell me how your body feels. Really feel into it. 
As he responded with something about cotton candy and birds, I thought, damn, I sound really good right now. He showed me how to set his meditation timer, which was a digital clock hooked up to a tiny gong, and we both settled in for 20 minutes of complete silence. He crossed his legs and placed a hand palm up on each knee. I knelt about two feet in front of him, sitting all my weight on my heels like I'd seen monks do in some movie about the Dalai Lama. And this is when I realized sitting for more than 30 seconds on your heels actually means you're cutting off all the blood that would otherwise be flowing to your feet, effectively turning them painfully numb in a matter of minutes. And since I was sitting on reed mats, every move I made would be loud and distracting. I was stuck with the worst case of pins and needles I'd had in my life. I wasn't going to make it. I lifted myself off my heels a little bit, but that just made my knees sore. Two minutes left. One minute. When the gong finally told, my client opened his eyes and said, Wow, that was amazing. I am so relaxed. Thank you so much. A few yummy noises later, we were done. He walked me to the door, promising to meditate every morning until I came again to work with him in three days. He tipped me 50 bucks as an introductory bonus. It went on like this for six weeks. On Sundays and Wednesdays, I would earn a quick hundred bucks saying things like, remember to breathe. Good. Good. Mmm. I don't know how it happened, but the line between the lie and who I really was started to blur. The first time I caught myself making a yummy noise while talking to someone, I clapped my hand over my mouth and almost screamed. Suddenly, the biggest danger of all was that I might never get caught as a fake. And then one morning, Mr. International Business Consultant told me he would be leaving for two weeks to go to India. He asked if I would come along. I'll pay for the ticket. Don't even worry about it. And that's when I knew it was over. Either I'd be exposed as a fraud while in a foreign country, or I'd never be able to walk away from this guy. I'd be his pseudo-spiritual lapdog, and that was more than I could stand. So I told him I'd lost my passport in my move across the country, and we'd have to pick up our practice when he returned. I walked out of his apartment, knowing I'd never see the inside of it again. I didn't return any of his phone calls or emails once he got back. I stayed out of his neighborhood for six months after, just to make sure the break was clean. But last week, I saw him again. I was outside a bar in the mission laughing with some friends. He got out of a limousine full of rich men and headed into the restaurant next door. His eyes flashed with recognition when he saw me and I panicked and turned my back to him as he walked past. We didn't talk, but that was the first time I wondered if he ever figured out that I'd been faking it all along. Was he angry with me? Did he feel like I'd made a fool out of him? Did he miss me? And suddenly the guilt and resentment I felt for that gullible rich dude was mixed with gratitude. And even though I would never talk to him again, I really, really hoped he was setting his little gong timer and meditating in the mornings in that goofy robe. Tatiana Brown currently lives in San Francisco, where she curates the Lit Slam, litslam.org. We'll have a link at snapjudgment.org. 
Her piece was produced by Jamie DeWolf and Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.